0: Jason Klam here. Comedy on Vinyl podcast this week. Eric Martin is back in the hot seat. It's really not a hot seat. It's not that. There's really very little pressure sitting across from me. Um, But he wanted to discuss uh, the first time we're getting to discuss Dr. Demento on the podcast. His third collection, the 1960s, which has probably the stuff that I remember the most, or that I associate the most with uh, Dr. Demento. Uh, We have a hell of a lot of fun. And um, at the very end, obviously we've got clips Throughout clip uh, at the beginning here, uh, just to you know sample the stuff that Eric uh, really enjoyed, um, or you know was weirded out by. Um, the uh, the very final clip though is uh, you know kind of a prelude to next week's episode, uh, which will be. The first half of the Rusty Warren interview. So uh, let this episode be a taste of classic comedy and of Eric Martin's appreciation for classic comedy and musical comedy. Eric Martin's a great guy. Runs the uh, This American Wife podcast, a number of other shows uh, that you should listen to, and you should follow him and his podcast on Twitter uh, at This amer Wife and Eric One Martin. Um, so yes, enjoy this episode and uh, wet your appetite a little for uh, Rusty Warren. Thanks so much, and, you know, s- stuff.
1: Oh, me, oh, my, oh, you, whatever shall I do? Hallelujah, the question is peculiar.
2: I give a lot of no, if only I could know. The answer to my question is it yes or is it no? Don't you're tripping a
0: back to the show, everybody. If you hear that ble- beeping in the background, I'm just going to call it out. I have a uh, dying uh, smoke detector in the apartment. This week, Eric Martin is back on the podcast. Thank you so much.
3: Thanks for having me. I hope we're not in any imminent danger.
0: Uh, no. No, I think we should be fine. I, uh, yeah. But you wanted to do Dr. Demento this week, and I'm very excited. Nobody's picked Dr. Demento, because he's not an artist, maybe. He is, in a way. I mean, he's he's this curator of comedy,
3: Yeah, an and archivist. you don't
0: find a lot of people like that you know yeah did you listen to him growing up
3: yeah i mean it, i came to him through um weird owl mm-hmm. obviously and like you know but knew that he was the guy that played you know weird owl music and then i think yeah it was just like the concept of novelty was very appealing so i had sure. to go find you know, his, and then, the, so it must have been, I don't remember how I got the album, but I do know that once I got it, it never really left the rotation. And mm-hmm. so, like, even to this day, I still know every word, every note so of good. this album. And it's a weird album to have. Oh, but yeah. it's a great um, album because there's so many, like, just seminal, important, and funny songs. But the greatest, what was it? the greatest novelty records of the 60s right. volume 3 in, yes. in Dr. Demento's collection it's
0: insane and I, the amount the amount of uh you know compilations he put out i don't i don't know <clears throat> if he's put any out in the last few years because there's probably not as much of a call for it because you can i mean i just found every one of these songs somewhere on the internet you know it's easy enough to find going off his track listing but um you know, uh, it's uh, yeah. I don't know how many he's done in a while, but he, he did so many. Is this literally the third? Is it this is the third of the sixties? Is that what you said?
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I never had any other volumes. Sure, yeah, the three,
0: the sixties. Mm-hmm. I I guess volume one was the forties. I assume so. I mean, he had some that Spike went Jones back, to, maybe yeah. he went some that w- went really far back. But the, uh, there's some just it's it's totally um, it, it's not very like. Even as far as the tone, they're very weird array of songs.
3: Yeah, in this album. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, I mean, again, they're novelty, quote unquote, novelty. I, you know, I tend to think of them mostly as humor, but some of them are just plain strange. Yeah. You know, like the bird, which is a novelty song for sure, not necessarily a comedy song, and it's one that I was more i was familiar with a lot of these actually. A lot of these are on on here. Did you? How many of these did you know before you had this? Yeah, collection? I mean,
3: I got this when I was like nine or ten no i was 10 years old. okay no maybe 11 okay but <laughs> maybe eleven and a half, and uh, because i think it came out in ninety, nineteen ninety. 1990 so maybe i was huh, maybe i was 12 um but anyway point being uh, prior to that i don't i think i had maybe heard some of them or like some like my parents knew mm-hmm. and like oh you know remember we heard that on the old east station once um so some of them i knew but a lot of them like it was the first time hearing them and it was just like um you know, a revelation, knowing that Weird Al was steeped in this grand tradition mm-hmm. of, of funny make-em-up songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, he's a guy who who's,
0: obviously, his record collection I envy, I mean, to the point where I, I know that he's had trouble with his his wife for like having an entire room in his house filled with records weirdos I've heard him talk about that like yeah. knowing weird no cuz he obviously knows Dr. Demento and is hearing about that so I just I wonder if if this was a matter of him I mean some of these I guess were actually hits of the 60s like at least one hit wonders but um as I just wonder if he goes back into his own archives and pulls from there but uh that's you know cuz a lot of these I I had never heard of before yeah, you know, I,
3: I went back and look, and I did a look, went back and did a little research, and found out that many of them were, were hits, mm-hmm. were one hit wonders. Yeah. some of these were like number one songs. That's so weird. Uh, uh, to apparently, me. there was one. It was, I think, it was. Uh, if, if you don't, we'll just get like there was. They're coming to take me away. haha. Ha, oh ha. yeah, right. Apparently, that has the distinction of being the fastest. Dropping uh, from the billboard charts. Like it was like one week on number four, one week in number five, and then the next week it was 37. Holy shit. Because apparently New York based stations were concerned that people would think that, um, like, it was making fun of the mentally ill. That's so So strange. They they pulled it out. That's remarkably sensitive for the time period, actually. Yeah, it doesn't sound consistent with Uh, what we know of the 60s. No,
0: no, not at all. I, that's so weird. I, that that's one that might be the first one on this collection I ever heard in my life because I remember my best friend singing that song an awful lot. And I was like, "What the fuck are you singing?" And it took until we had the internet for me to find it and hear it. Like I had no idea what he was talking about. "Hello Mata, hello Fada," though I think everybody's maybe heard a million times. Yeah. But I didn't realize until today, being an unsophisticated ass, that it's a parody of a classical song, just putting lyrics to a classical song. I had no idea.
3: Oh yeah. 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 You know. It's funny. I I forget that actually. Mm-hmm. I remember the first thing was like, "Oh, I know that classical." The first time I heard it, uh-huh. oh, he's just riffing on a classical song. Yeah. But until you said that years later, it just I forgot. Yeah. I forgot that was the case. <laughs> now it's "Hello Mother, Hello Father."
0: Mm-hmm. It's not a thing you people do anymore, even with like <laughs> novelty or comedy songs online. It's always find an existing song and parody it. It's not, I've got an existing backing track. I can just throw some weird lyrics on, to. Yeah, this was like the proto It. Mm-hmm, this yeah. Is, yeah. Going back to classical music. Yeah. the <laughs> And it's like... Uh, I, the, that track, actually, specifically, I always remembered as a kid first listening to it, and it's one of those where I wasn't sure why the... i still not entirely sure why the audience was laughing. Maybe it was a... An excessive familiarity with that song, but they they laugh in some weird parts in that song.
3: That's right. Yeah, oh yeah, because you hear the live track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a floor show. Maybe there's a floor show. That could be true.
0: <laughs> Did you? Uh, st- all right. So we last time we talked about UHF. Um. So where is this in the in in the
3: in was this before or after UHF? This album for you. This would have been. Gosh, it must have been right about the same time. Yes. Yeah because uh, I think this album came out in 90. The UHF movie came out in 89. Yeah. Uh, but did the soundtrack come out day and date? I know I would have gotten it first day. Right. I right. don't remember if that came out later. But it was around the same time, certainly within a year. Yeah. Um, what the, the reason I think that this album became so ingrained in my head and so ingrained in my conception of Southern California is mm-hmm. that we, we used to, at the time, uh, used to live in Northern California, but there were a couple of trips that we would take down to, um, to LA and we mm-hmm. go to Disneyland. We'd go to universal studios sure. and, uh, but on the road, down, I had like four tapes, you know, from like the, the, you know, Columbia house thing, mm-hmm. you know, one was Def leopards hysteria. Uh-huh. Uh, one was, uh, uh, oh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Tom Petty Full Moon Fever. Nice. And then uh I forget the other two. Oh, I think like Roxette Look Sharp and then the B fifty twos. But then this tape um was converted. So my, I have memories of like just driving through California listening to this album over and <laughs> over <laughs> again.
0: That's so good. Yeah. They, just by yourself though. Absolutely. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. just
3: blazing a trail down the five freeway. <laughs> <laughs> just the top down on, on my convertible. <laughs> But did you have a Walkman, or was the whole family listening, forced to
0: listen to it? Oh, no, they were all forced to listen to it. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's no, really no, good. No, it's true. No, I did have a you Walkman. You did have a Walkman. Yeah. Okay, all right. That's pretty funny. Like
3: playing playing a, a Game Boy, perhaps, even. Okay, yeah. that makes so.
0: sense. Did you... Uh, yeah, see, because I have really strong memory... Not of comedy, though. You would think I would have done exactly what you're talking about. It's mostly music. I but you didn't get tired of it. You just did it get better and better for you. It's just so funny that there's novelty songs from the sixties that you're listening to as a kid. And I, I, I know a lot of people who probably that would drive them crazy, but not you.
3: Yeah, no, I was fine. I mean, you know, there's a, an element of, like, on the, this is before the internet. So there wasn't a lot else to do. Sure. Um, but you know, I, I don't think people remember how, how boring things used to be, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Yeah, there was always some element of like, oh, you know, this resonates with me. I want to deconstruct it. I want to listen. I want to know. My brother, even my little brother, even more than this. Like, you know, if there would be a movie, it would be playing like every day. I had some element of that. You know, I'm thinking maybe it's just ingrained in our in our DNA Mm -hmm. that we just need to like find a thing, love it, and then know it. uh, You know, utterly.
0: That's true. That is true. Yeah, I did that with a few Monty Python albums once. I finally like latched onto that as a thing. Yeah, and. But also I mean, did we talk about this last time, whether or not you're you're very musical?
3: Uh, we might have mentioned it. I don't know. I'm not very music I'm somewhat musical. Somewhat
0: musical. Yeah.
3: Somewhat musical.
0: I mean anybody can enjoy comedy music, but it it just it it is always interesting when, when people gravitate more towards comedy music and aren't comedy music. I mean, here's the thing. It's not like there's a living in comedy music for most people. So I guess you can take from it I mean, rhythm or other do you know specifically what what you took from this, other than this is just really funny, and you like maybe joke structure or anything.
3: Yeah, no, I learned how to <clears throat> actually, actually now you mentioned because yeah, because I'm realizing that I used to write um, funny songs, so mm-hmm. it was through. I mean, so I got some value out of this. It <laughs> wasn't just you know uh, I, 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 I was able to learn how to yeah exactly put together lyrics and mm-hmm. and, and parody things. Um, and and I remember I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but. Like, there was a period in in junior high where I just was... I was always scribbling in the margins, so, like, I'd always write... like, uh, I would make comic books, you know, each day on like my daily homework that uh-huh. would you know, continue from one to the next. And it, also in the margins of just time in the day. So there would be like the time before, like, you change into your PE clothes and then you're all sitting on your numbers waiting for the PE instructor to come out. That's like a good four minutes where I could just be slaying with my comedy songs. And so I did. Like, I would make up songs and then everybody would gather around. I would, you know, perform a song. There would be. Uh, scattered to wild applause, Mm -hmm. and then, then class would start.
1: We have just discovered an important note from space. The Martians plan to throw a dance for all the human race.
3: I would always be looking for those
0: opportunities. (laughs) That's insane to me. I just was not a performer at all in high school, and I was too scared to be. And you're listening to comedy novelty songs from the 60s and also have the guts to do your own with a bunch of kids your age. I it just blows my mind. I mean, it sounds like boredom again is is one of those things
3: that seems to draw that out of people though. Comedy, yeah, absolutely. You know. If I had a if I had something else to do, I I who knows, I might have been doing that. But thankfully I had nothing better to do. <laughs> Did
0: writing do you think writing comedy songs and knowing comedy songs help you as a storyteller too?
3: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, because you know, cuz then you know the job I mean, the laughter is obviously like the most, you know, important thing that's the that's the clearest way to know that you're doing something well or that people are responding Mm -hmm. to so yeah if you can get if you can make people laugh then yeah
0: yeah and i in your case did you have anybody else to bounce like this off of or was it just like no that part's funny to me if it's not a live track that part's funny to me or as soon as you find it funny i mean because i i know growing up listening to this kind of stuff like i can't I feel like I would listen to it, find it funny, and then just, like, sort of put a bookmark in that for later, and then when I would re-listen to it, I would break it down a little more as far as joke structure. Oh, or did, yeah. Or is that how you were doing it? Yeah, like, I mean, I think for it? me,
3: like, and this album really helps me, um, helped me to understand that I was working in a proud and long-standing tradition mm-hmm. of, of jokey songs, um, so knowing that it worked for them and just like, oh, these kinds of things, you know, will probably work, you know, if you update them or if you, you, know, take a similar, if you just take the, the, the concept or the idea or just the, you know, A-B structure behind something. Um, I don't know if that answers
0: your question. No, it does, ma- it does yeah. answer my question. It makes perfect sense. It just, we don't talk that often about, you know, going from music to comedy or from music to other work. Um, but that was, uh, and again, I apologize if I asked you about this last time, but obviously you do a lot of voice work. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if, I don't know. I, did did you learn from music uh, how to work with your own tonality, or did you just figure that out just from having to do it?
3: Uh, well, there were two things. One was um, uh, that from when I was very, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still getting over a little something. Um, when I was very little, um, starting and then from then on, would have a, a tape, you know, cassette, so mm-hmm. it would make like recordings. Um, and, like, I would always, you know, do, like, it was my brother, my aunt, and I, Mm -hmm. the three of us would get around, and we'd make, you know, these little tapes. Um, so there was that element of just, like, I just want to get my voice, you know, out there, and just make funny, silly characters, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then the other was, um, uh, was musical theater, so I started doing plays, and I started doing a lot of musicals, and this is before I learned how to, like, really learn how to read music or anything, but I knew how to sing a song, because... Oh, I'm um, just making the conne- connection because I knew about these silly jokey novelty songs. Mm-hmm. That was sort of my road into performance and into musical theater. And I did musical theater all through through college and at some yeah. point I was thinking like, Oh, this is this gonna be a career? And then I was like, For me no, uh-huh. there are people that are better at this than me. <laughs> right, 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 right. But talking and and taking what I learned from music and and talking good, it, it, yeah, it, it absolutely all this helped. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's just funny to to be so inspired. It's amazing the kind of things that inspire you to do great work or work that might be to some people on a higher plane, musical theater. To some people, be a several notches above novelty music, and these are not like necessarily the greatest singers in the world. Alan Sherman is not a great singer; he's just a funny songwriter. You know, I mean, the guys singing the bird—great musicians, but they're doing this dumbass voice through the whole thing. It's just—it's interesting to me that you could, you know, still draw from this really goofy stuff.
3: You know, yeah. do you have a favorite track off of this? Uh, I gotta say, there's some there's some monster tracks on mm-hmm. here. Um, the first. Track always makes me happy. Does your chewing gum lose its flavor <laughs> on the bedpost overnight? <laughs> I can play that song at any point in my life, and I will it will cheer me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a great tune. Yeah, yeah. It is good. And
0: there's a couple I I wouldn't have expected like itsy bitsy teeny Winnie yellow polka dot bikini. I I know that it's a novelty song, but it's very omnipresent in I feel like every movie that's about the '60s. I feel like it's in there. Uh, I had never heard Martian Hop, and really honestly, it sounded like that was it sounded like a "They Might Be Giants" song.
3: Yeah, for sure. You know,
0: I, and I, that's which is why I always kind of wonder who's been influenced by who. I I, I can't imagine they they hadn't heard the song. Uh, and then there's like Ray Stevens on here doing something that's not racist. Not that everything he did was racist, but he's done a, a few. Right. Uh, he's got "Guitarzan" on here, and I, that's kind of a classic, at least to some people.
3: Yeah, uh, "Surfin' Bird" seems like that's almost beyond. No, like that's almost like a. I don't know if it's. I mean, I don't know if it was taken seriously at the time or right. if people really danced to it. But yeah. it seems like it was kind of like a cool song. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how people responded back then. I thought it was kind of. Cool. I'm like, oh, this, these guys are just having fun surfing. I don't know how to surf. Right.
0: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's the fun thing about being nerdy about this stuff is you don't really have a perspective on what other people think about it necessarily. If it's just you and your headphones. Yeah. At least that's the way it was for me with comedy, and I. And I I don't know if you ever had this experience, but I can remember vividly in junior high when everybody else discovered Cheech and Chong, and I discovered them quite a while before. I almost flipped out. I got I had such nerd rage over it. Hmm, hmm. And most people, I feel, could be like, "Oh, cool, I could relate to you on that." But I just remember being very angry. This is my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have that with any comedy? Like, just something that was very your, very much yours.
3: Uh- yeah, like it's, I know the sensation, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't think of an example. I'm asking you to justify my rage. I mean, it's absolutely justified. <laughs> it. I'm like, hey, this is my thing. Man, I found this thing, and you guys think you found this thing. I found it. I found it. I'm too much of a nerd, or I was
0: too much of a nerd. It's really sad. Do you, um. So do you have this one? I know you got the track listing in front of you. Do you have it on vinyl, or do you just, did you did you ever have it on vinyl? Did you put it to tape, or you had the tape
3: of it? I definitely had the tape. Okay. I feel like, because I know I had Weird Al, his first few records, mm-hmm. I don't remember if I had this on vinyl. I okay. may well have had it as well, mm-hmm. and then also got the tape. Of course. Because, of course, we were going through that transitional period. Sure, sure. Very yeah. tough for some people it was tough hmm mm-hmm. what was your, do you do this is off topic do you remember your first cassette
0: <sighs> my first cassettes were when I was around three or so my I don't know how this happened but I have mixtapes from when I was around three I was listening and I couldn't have been doing all the recording but like the first cassette that I had that was recorded for me was return of the Jedi book of like little kids book on tape that's how I learned oh, to yeah. read
3: yeah, when you hear the lightsaber turn the page. Mm-hmm. Oh hell
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that or R2D2, one of the two. But yeah, that's how I learned to read. Was that that book? I just listened to it over and over and over again. Repetitiveness was very easy for me as a child.
3: Yeah, okay, so some similar story. Yeah,
0: right? yeah. yeah, just not con- well, it's very weird actually. You know what's actually we should do an I should do an episode on that because there's this I want to find out who that voice actor is. Hope he's still alive because frankly, like he does like every guy voice in it. And does pretty good approximation of like he's his Luke's okay, his Han's okay. I don't I doubt that's him doing Chewbacca. But you know, it's 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 a skill. It's definitely a skill. They should they should still do that. Actually, speaking of which, you did just find a Kojak
3: thing. It is is not dissimilar to what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. I love that. I totally grew up with those. Like you, mm-hmm. you get the you get the story, you know. And it's like, and then it, for me, they were like 45s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they you, you get the story. You read along with it. It's either a comic book or uh or it's a you know picture book. Mm-hmm. And man, yeah, like when you hear, for me, it was Indiana Jones. When you hear the whip, oh, that's <laughs> good. Turn the page. Oh, that's amazing. And
0: so you know, was it the same person, same kind of thing, like narrator doing the voices too? Do you remember?
3: Yeah, I still have. Like I think my folks is still at my folks' house, but it was just hundreds of these things. Yeah, yeah, just riveting stuff. That's so good. Yeah, <laughs> that's... but the Kojak one mm-hmm. is. Is real weird. I, I like I say. I need to get a a record player just uh, to hear that. Just to hear it. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I yeah.
3: I can't wait to hear what you what, you, <laughs> what the
0: thing is. I, is it him? Does it say if it's Telly Savalas doing it? I d- <coughs> it didn't I hope say so. if it
3: was. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if they just got the cast together <laughs> and just had them, just All right. I'll whatever. <laughs> I'm drunk.
0: <laughs> I, I they should still do that. I actually I I think you know I I would. Uh, Especially if they were celebrity ones. I would love to hear, like, a James Urbaniak reading, like... Well, anything, but, like, to hear him doing a book on tape of a movie. Yeah. That would be amazing. Like, yeah. if he could do The
3: Hunger Games condensed into 12 pages. Yeah. You know? Now that I think about it, like, the nearest analog to, like, this Kojak weird record book mm-hmm. thing that I found would be if if somebody did a graphic novel of scandal <laughs> and then did like an audible.com you know no- dramatization that you would read along it's it's weird holy shit it's weird that would be good i'd pay i would pay if they would do every
0: since i don't have cable anymore yeah. if somebody would do walking dead like that for me just so that i can catch up a little bit you oh, know yeah. draw every i mean the comics are already there yeah. You know, just select pieces what got, what made it, what didn't make it. Um
3: And then in the next panel,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. <the> zombie.
3: <laughs> oh, this
0: is a really good one. You're going to like this.
3: <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have read ahead. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, you're not going to like this. I am so sorry. <laughs>
1: Hello Fada, here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining and they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. I went hiking with Joe Smyvey, he developed poison ivy. You remember Leonard Skinner, he got ptomane poisoning last night after dinner. All the counselors hate the waiters, and the lake has alligators, and the head coach
0: wants no sissies. So he reads to us from something called Ulysses. Do you were there any on this album that struck you as just like so foreign that you couldn't make any sense? Or did you care? Because uh, it was Discovery?
3: N- no, I I there were things. There were things about I was like, there are things about culture that I don't understand. Sure. you um, sure? I think the song Alley Oop, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I understood that it was based on, like, um, I don't know how I found out these things, because we didn't have the internet. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe my parents told me, because they remembered. Right. But, um, but Alley Oop was, I guess, a comic strip or a Sunday comic oh. thing. And then, but the song, you know, is just very much a laid-back or hippie, beatnik um <laughs> i didn't like this song Uh Uh uh-huh i I don't think i i still don't Mm -hmm. um something about it irritates me um i guess yeah the song i don't like that song and i don't understand it and i don't understand why it happened (laughs) that's 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 as honest an answer as i could ask for
0: um Let's see. What about... Okay, you know what? Since I interviewed her and we talked about it earlier, uh, uh, you know, maybe borderline inappropriate song for a little kid was uh, Bounce Your Boobies, not Knockers Up, Bounce Your Boobies. Yeah. It's not filthy, but...
3: It was celebratory. Yeah. Yeah. And and I got... You know, that one was tough for me because (laughs) I... But here's why. Because it was so celebratory Mm -hmm. and I felt happy for her and her brethren that they were able to bounce their mm-hmm. boobies. I didn't have any boobies. Right. I probably wanted to you know, grab some. Sure, of course. Uh, of just course. grab hold. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of like I would listen to it. That would be the one I would like fast forward through. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a great song. Sure. But not for me. Mm-hmm. So, But I would always think like you know what? Good for you guys. Good for you. Guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> good for you. <laughs> She'd probably appreciate that sentiment.
0: Yeah. You know? Uh, then there's, okay, so Again, there's we can go through the ones that I've heard of before, but you're more familiar with all these than I am. Mr. Custer really weirded me out and made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's an odd song. Yeah, I couldn't tell. As as my wife said, it sounded like a weird Southern baby. <laughs> His voice is so strange. I
3: will definitely throw a clip of that in here, but it's very odd. Yeah, it's this guy who is a very affected voice. He's terrified. He not to spoiler alert. He dies at the end of the song, like he's killed. By engines, uh, <laughs> with this, he's, he's you know, working for Mr. Custer, mm-hmm. doing some, you know, I mean, you feel bad for the guy, sure. guess, but he's surely committed terrible atrocities of himself, course. of course. Um, I don't know. I yeah, I, I don't know what to make of it. Did you
0: have the historical ugh, historical perspective at the time to get the to get that who Custer was and all that good stuff? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Definitely knew. That's good. So you're better educated probably than I was. That's fine.
3: <laughs> I liked history.
0: That's fine. No, that's good. That's good. I'm glad you you had a better education and that's okay.
3: Wait, they didn't tell you about Mr. Custer? I
0: don't think so. Maybe they did. Here, I don't want to insult. Okay, my junior high history teacher was amazing. Before that though, yeah, I'm gonna say I don't know how great they were. Okay. I grew up in a very small town. Uh, okay, the Martian Hop, which I think I already mentioned, but I don't know how... I didn't ask you how it made you feel.
3: Yeah, I well, I think it, it actually reminded me of... Because, um, like, Weird Al had a few songs that were, like, you know, space-themed. Yeah. That actually used similar... Actually, not... I think but they they use similar processing i guess at the time mm-hmm. they were using some kind of weird like theremin type you know or sure some kind of processing to make it sound like outer space yeah um so this was like you know the original so actually listening to it um i was like oh wow like this is this is where it all started yeah like, yeah, yeah slime creatures from outer space yes, like, right owes everything to this fucking thing mm-hmm. um yeah That's what I thought when I was 12.
0: Um,
3: (laughs) But um, uh, I guess, yeah, but also it was like sort of in the context of like the space race of like, you know, Sputnik and and, uh, the Russians were were winning and and there was clearly, you know, life on other planets and there was danger. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this... Um, they, they turn it around and just, you know, let it be known that the, the Martians wanted to, wanted to dance.
0: You know, it's the thing too about novelty songs, actually, now you say that is, is it, it, it dates a song immediately and sometimes seems very cheesy if you don't have a whole lot of perspective on it, but novelty and comedy songs, especially Weird Al, they can keep up with the times and be very, very, uh, referential to what's going on, uh, sort of, uh, you know, without any shame. But, like, again, it kind of dates it. I know that there were old songs about, you know, the telephone when it first came out. You know, those kinds of things. You know, like, they're they're very weird, and they put the... Britney Spears had a song called Email Me Your Love, if I remember correctly, when email was first a big thing. That's right. And they're very sad and weird, because it's just, like, clearly they're trying to capitalize on something. But the Space Race, I don't know, it created a lot of really good music, I feel like, you know?
3: I want to go back and watch a double feature of The Net, Sandra mm-hmm. Bullock, and You've Got Mail.
0: Yes, yep, hundred no. percent. No, I absolutely. I've been writing a book about the internet, and I've had to go back and watch. I had never seen the internet, the The Net, growing up, and tried
3: to watch it. Holy shit! You know what? I just watched the first ten minutes of. Uh-uh. Thanks to the magic of Netflix Instant, which is uh-huh. how I watch all my movies. Yes, now, of course, just me the first too. First ten minutes. Uh, virtuosity. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Those effects hold up. Mm-hmm. Do they? <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'd forgotten about Virtuosity because there was Virtuosity came out and Johnny Mnemonic came out. Was it the same time? Yeah, right Right around the same time. Right around the same time. But Virtuosity was the one with Russell Crowe?
3: No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was Russell Crowe as a serial killer computer program yes, that escapes right. the net. <laughs> Denzel Washington is a former prisoner. He's got to fucking jack him up. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. Why is that not in my book?
0: I'm gonna have. That's on Netflix right now.
3: Yeah. Or, or no, HBO Go. On HBO Go. Okay. I'll, I'll, either way,
0: I'll get it. I'll get a hold of it. That's yeah. fucked up. So Johnny ray That's true. Johnny Mnemonic virtuosity the net. Yeah. Uh, there's also Lawnmower Man which had elements not of the internet really but at least of virtual know, reality yeah exactly yeah. you know the first sorry I'm getting off topic the first movie I can think of and I, I'd like you to see what you think first movie I can think of with uh, I Am in it is probably Jumpin' Jack Flash
3: oh god I never saw it you never saw Jumpin' Jack Flash okay yeah. Heard the song? That's a good
0: song. That's yeah. a really good song. Back to the music. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm, I'm just. I'm just getting. I. I am getting way off. For getting I, I here. derailed
3: this. It's my fault. No,
0: it's okay. Did you grow up listening to Ray Stevens? Because my parents made me listen to that stuff, and I thought that was really funny for a long time.
3: Uh, I heard some, but I never had any of his albums. If I did, I would have listened to them religiously. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, you would have, and they're very catchy and very good. Like the one my parents made me listen to was not racist at all. It was quite good. Yeah. It's fucking strange. I. I that sorry, but the, the, and this is uh this is a, a tamer song about Tarzan learning the guitar. Yeah, was this one that you listened to a lot? You like this one?
3: Uh, it's a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's re- he's a really good songwriter. Uh, let's see, did you li- okay? Have you listened to? And I have a bunch of his albums, but I haven't listened to much of his stuff. But Alan Sherman, uh,
3: no, I haven't really listened to much else of his.
0: Just just this one. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's, it's really funny. Of,
3: quite amazing song. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Monster Mash is on here. Yeah. Also so, a classic.
3: Did a little research about this this song, hadn't did you realized. Uh huh. That um so Bobby Boris Pickett. This one ah. says he started off by doing a um uh, Frank and uh, Boris Karloff voice mm-hmm. or something. Some his whatever voice that was. hmm And then uh and then they liked it, so then he recorded this song. Obviously it was a huge hit. In nineteen sixty two they did Monster Holiday. Yes. In nineteen eighty five they did the Monster Rap. Oh. Him, this is all still Bobby That's Boris thing That's amazing, Pickett. okay. Uh, and then he did the Monster Slash in 2004 for the um, uh, the 2004 election regarding uh, Bush's environmental policies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holy shit, really? Yeah, is he I, still around? I guess. If he's still around, I need to have him on this show, just to talk about his four hits. Songs. Yeah, maybe make up a new one. Yeah, right for 2014. Holy crap, that's so good! Wow, I that's just so funny that uh, that he could just keep rehashing that. I, I,
3: you know, some people made a career out the of the monster like... rehash. Ooh. 2014, <laughs> yes. do it Kanye style. Oh, good God, Bobby, Bobby, <laughs> come on, buddy, let's do this. Um, okay, here's
0: another one that's really. This one's clearly drug-induced, but the eggplant that ate Chicago.
3: Okay. Yeah. Here's okay. something I did not know. Okay. And now it makes so much sense. Uh-huh. And this was very much like in that style of alley-oop, like they just sounded like they were stoned or on picnic yep. drugs or something. It very much had that that sort of vibe. Um, so this was, um, the writer of this song was Norman Greenbaum, mm-hmm. who then went on to do Spirit in the Sky. <gasps> ah, and it sound and once you think about it, it's pretty much the same song. Yeah, yeah. Same same kind of groove.
0: Yeah, it's a little harder to understand what's going on in this one, like verbally. A little, Some of the, it's a little mush mouth sounding. Again, it sounds much more stoned. Yeah. But basically, you want to give the audience, it's about a giant eggplant, I assume, that in Chicago is what it sounds like.
3: Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I, That's all I remember of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all right there.
0: Was that a fast forward song,
3: or was that a... Was that a. That was, I can tolerate it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It was like, we're getting to the good, you know. Because good music. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I like spirit of the spy. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That pretty. makes sense. It's a little better.
0: Sure.
1: Sweet it was just like sugar. You better watch out for the implanted in
0: Chicago. Alright, so let's pull up the let's 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 go down the track list here. Okay, so uh there's bounce your boobies, which we already discussed. Oh right, tip through the two through the tulipses on this. Yeah um what was your knowledge of of tiny tim at the time uh
3: it was uh my parents telling me that um he was perceived as funny <laughs> okay yeah it was funny I was like, sure. it was weird but he, like he it, i guess he was just a real phenomenon at, at the time it was yeah like, like it got just out of nowhere so uh so they they sort of shared their there was a nice thing about this album is that they could kind of share the reminiscence of a lot of these mm-hmm. um but I, so I guess it was based on like an old song that was actually sung by like this falsetto oh, yes. guy in the late twenties, mm-hmm. uh, and so then Tiny Tim picked it up and worked his magic.
0: Made a whole career out of that. Yeah. Got married on the Tonight Show. That's how big this guy was. Yeah. I mean, that's just. Again, I, I I I know I sound like an old fuddy-duddy every time I, I I say you don't hear of that anymore, but it's you know uh, maybe it's because the lifespan of a novelty act is whatever YouTube decides it's going to be. I suppose. Yeah. Be like Rebecca Black getting married on the Tonight Show. I feel like yeah. her and well, her she Friday Was she too song. young?
3: She is too young. Yeah. But, that would have been filthy. Yeah, but uh, if it were not a child bride type situation, mm-hmm. actually, that probably would be the. No, no, because she would, didn't have the awareness. Mm-hmm. But if she, let's say, let's say she was twenty-one, okay, had the awareness that what she was doing was wrong. Yep, right. Then she could also get married on the Tonight Show in a similar way.
0: That's true. That is true, and it might happen. I so, mean, I, I did did where did I? Well, whatever. Tiny Tim is a discussion for another time. But I don't know what happened to him. I mean, I know he's not around us. He's not with us. Yeah, but. Yeah. yes thank you exactly but okay that that ended on a weird note a man, a man a man is dead let's move on um then we've got uh oh okay this is actually probably my favorite song in the whole one It's the last one on here and that's so long mom oh yeah Tom by Tom Laird, yeah which is just brilliant yeah is it very good? sophisticated like it's the most sophisticated I, well to me it seems the most sophisticated song in, in the bunch am i wrong
3: uh no uh, absolutely it's, it's you, you, when I say no i mean yes you're you're right yes. yes you are correct thank you um yeah it's very yeah it's a very <laughs> satirical um knowing um i i just recently read it described as world war three pre nostalgia mm-hmm. yes. think is a great description it's, it's
0: brilliant yeah. uh, uh i Again, musically probably also one of the more sophisticated songs. Do you play any instruments or anything, or you just, just guitar? Just guitar. Okay, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. So you it's don't play right. piano, I guess. I that's, made it. I, 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 that's all I can do too. But that's okay. He he. Uh, do you did you have you listened to much Tom Lehrer past this, or again is this? I mean, are most of these like in this time capsule for you? Most of these people like in the time capsule of this album.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, with the possible exception of. Re- yeah, because I mean, they haven't done a lot to, Ray Stevens would be the only exception of okay. like people that continue to you know do stuff that like I'm trying to think if there's any way no no I mean yeah these are all just so iconic but of their time like yeah there's you can't you can't really build careers off a lot of these sure. these sure. things yeah, with the possible exception of Surf and Bird I feel like they could <laughs> they could absolutely open up a chain of, of restaurants <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually uh we talked just a little bit about um the they're coming to take me away but yes right I, I get what i didn't know about it uh, was that the guy who did it was a r- primarily a recording engineer really and what he had found was a way he had found or either was working with or had discovered some way of um, speeding up and slowing down, or, or maybe no, his pitch, but mm-hmm. without speeding up or slowing down. Oh, wow! Which you hear in the album yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a little bit, but he was a recording engineer that figured out that trick, and then I that's think then built the song from out of that. That's crazy that that's what comes
0: from like a quite a, an ingenious piece, like invention. Like, it's hard to do that digitally now, I mean, without it sounding crappy. Yeah, that's so weird to me. Uh, and he's and he's the singer, quote unquote, singer. Yeah, and that's so incredible. I don't. I don't know what to make of that. Again, these these novelty songs are not all coming from even professional musicians, which again I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. You can be. You can just
3: have a dream mm-hmm. or an idea, mm-hmm. and you don't. As you say, you don't have to sound great. Mm-hmm. But if you have a distinctive voice, like for me, like for me, it's always been about like you don't have to sound beautiful. Mm-hmm. But there's a place for it, but as long as you have a place of intention, mm-hmm. like I love. Um, Distinctive voice like Billy Corgan, you mm-hmm. know, who's now a slightly better singer, but I've always loved his voice because it was so distinct mm-hmm. and unique. Um, you know, as long as it's coming from a place of, as long as it's interesting, yeah, you know,
0: hmm. Uh, shit, hold on. So, did you, li- how much Dr. Demento did you get to listen to on the radio, or was that not a thing for you since you were in Southern California?
3: Uh, I, yeah, because it wasn't in Southern California. I think when we did move down here in '91, mm-hmm. I think it was just on maybe on the tail end of it. Or, mm-hmm. or I listened to it a few times, okay, um, but not much. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess we were lucky to ha- he he was sort of the YouTube of his day. I mean, he's if if it wasn't for him and his very weird taste, I feel like a lot of these would have probably really really fallen by the wayside. But it's just a lot. I don't know. Do you, Hi, Kat. Um What I was going to ask is, uh, are any of these... Have have you ever copied from any of these things? Because I know we've talked about probably before where just a lot of people who listen to Weird Al, like myself, probably tried to basically just rip them off when they were a kid. Yeah. Do, is there anything in this that specifically inspired you
3: uh, any specific that you can remember? Songs? Maybe... Well maybe something simple like Hello Mudda, Hello Fada. Mm mm-hmm. just because the, the structure is so I mean it's obviously based on that that piece, that classical piece, but but the song structure was so simple mm-hmm. and it's and because of the rhyme, you just knew that it was gonna come to it was gonna, you know, resolve to a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, simple but
0: right it works no that's true and i i I guess i guess it's okay in music comedy music because you're expecting the joke to come and and hitting that rhythm is is okay whereas if you're writing say like a narrative or something you some people don't want to see the joke coming i don't know i i feel like there are two schools of thought on that where if you do see the joke coming some people think it's being obvious whereas sometimes i think that's actually just really good setup of the expectation like uh, I, I really like 30 Rock an awful lot but I felt like there were several times where I saw the joke coming but I was still just perfectly satisfied you ever had that, I mean like that's what it sounds like in a, in a song you always know there's a joke coming,
3: yeah, and you know when it's going to hit and I think too because, two things here because it's the, it's an audience, because it's kind of like a sure. dinner club setting I would imagine yeah. if you hear the live thing, but the other is that it's from the point of view of a kid, so it is simple, it's a kid writing sure. a letter um, so um, it, it's almost like the audience is like ah, are they going to Ah uh, yeah, he paid it <laughs> off. Yeah, I thought he was gonna say that.
0: And that's just the weird thing about like, I guess I guess you could let somebody down with a comedy song, and I'm, I've heard plenty of bad music oh, comedians. You know, it happens all the time. It's I guess I just feel people. I don't know. Do you think? Are you? Would you? Are you more forgiving of comedy music if it lets you down, or more forgiving of maybe like a stand-up? If it if 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 a joke falls flat, is it easier to forgive them because you know that they're just working shit out and it's always in inevo- it's always evolving? Whereas music is essentially here is your song, like it or don't like it.
3: Oh yeah, you
0: know what I mean. It's stand up has a different chance every time to do it right.
3: God yeah, it's just hard for me to forgive. <laughs> hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No that's a great question. I don't know. It's all right. <laughs> it depends on the song, I guess, sure, it depends on how bad it is. yeah, it might be good, bad,
0: yeah, yeah,
3: and if it's good, bad, then that's
0: great, sure, sure. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a lot easier to dismiss if it's if it's obviously bad from the start, if it's something you if it's racist, it's got a lot of creepy racist voices in it I just don't like racism is what I'm trying to say yeah. I just I'm, I'm putting my foot down if there's one thing we've learned mm-hmm. racism is bad <laughs> at least to me you haven't made your position clear yet no
3: I'm, I'm with you I'm with, <laughs> let me say that for the record racism, hey kids <laughs> kids are listening yeah sure like naturally. I was mm-hmm. I was 12 <laughs> racism is bad it's real
0: bad did we did we talk about who you got to if anybody share your comedy love as a kid like specifically did, did you listen to comedy with anybody or was it just strictly
3: yours? Uh I guess it was pretty much me. I was always kind of the weird one mm-hmm. until I found uh other people that were weird. Mm-hmm. But that took some doing. It took finding like getting into theater and, yeah. and things like that. But like yeah, cuz I mean, it started off in like Catholic school sure. in Chicago. Nobody yeah. is weird except Maybe the nuns. Right, right, right. You might
1: call it a bit of (laughs) pre-nostalgia. This is the song that some of the boys sang as they went bravely off to World War III. So long, Mom, I'm off to drop the bomb, so don't wait up for me. But while you swelter down there in your shelter, you can see me. On your TV, while we're attacking frontally Watch Brinkley and Huntley Describing contrapuntally the cities we have lost No need for you to miss a minute of the agonizing Holocaust Yeah, Little Johnny Jones, he was a U.S. pilot And no shrinking violet, was he? He was mighty proud when World War Three was declared. He wasn't scared, no siree.
0: Did you, do, do you remember what maybe the first thing where you, where you could relate to other people? I mean, was it Weird Al or was it some other, like, obscure thing?
3: Well, I mean, I think, like, everybody kind of knew, like, Eat It. But, mm-hmm. you know, getting into, like, the deep cuts, I think maybe it was just me and then my immediate family so like you know my brother enjoyed the stuff too okay like my, my parents encouraged it so that's good um so that's what kept me going mm-hmm. uh, uh
0: did you it sounds like though you you got to share this in a way this album by your parents giving you some context for the whole thing did you listen to it with them or were they just like oh i know that song
3: no i think they i mean because they got it for me okay okay so, and then i think they were like oh i remember this song like you're gonna yeah yeah this is what this is how this was actually i'm thinking too about like sort of the historical thing because i had some sense of history but not all and then in going back and listening to hello mudda hello fada um i don't remember if if people laughed at this um but here i am at camp granada Mm -hmm. and i couldn't tell why that was funny Mm -hmm. um it was funny that he was at camp and I was thinking oh like Granada because I know we had just invaded Granada was that still relevant like you know Reagan had done that in eighty-two, eighty-three, which I had some vague memory of but Mm -hmm. like the 60s was like the early 80s maybe I don't know was Granada a thing I just didn't know and I still don't know like It's, it's, it's good that you were overthinking comedy though
0: I like it. I like when, uh, hearing that other people overthink comedy. It's a good thing. It means you love it that much that you want to understand it. Yeah, I just want to understand. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's healthy. Um, all right, so uh, if you're going to recommend this to somebody who's never heard it before, maybe doesn't know a lot about Dr. Demento or about novelty songs, and maybe wants to dismiss them, what would you say to them to get them to listen to this album?
3: I would say these songs... Just as much as your Beatles, as your Rolling Stones. <laughs> um they may not be as good, mm-hmm. but they are just as influential. <laughs> that's true. It is true. They have influenced so much of what has come after. And racism is still bad. I would say that okay. as well. So that's good. I'm just forcing your hand on everything.
0: <laughs> um uh so what do you wanna what do you wanna plug?
3: Oh, um, what <laughs> do I want to plug? I guess uh, I'm doing, as uh, I still do my podcast, This American Wife. Uh, we, we is now a monthly show. We do that. I also produce a show called uh, Before You Were Funny mm-hmm. that um, uh, features uh, comedians uh, telling stuff, uh, finding their old sketches and old material. And uh, reading it uh, oh, live. Holy shit. Blind table read. We do that um, oh my God. every other month at the UCB. That's uh, it's also a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, also, do a monthly um, uh, show called True Tales of Lust and Love. It is a storytelling show. Mm-hmm. It features all ladies telling their stories of lust and love and me. Uh, it's a, not a bad arrangement. Uh, the book has just come out, uh, featuring many of our contributors. Awesome. Um, Anna David um, has put that. Um, uh book together um with some great contributors. Um what else? I'm also uh <laughs> I also do a lot of audiobooks. Uh I'm doing Noam Chomsky's next book. Wow. so you can look for that on audible.com. <clears throat> wow. Uh and uh I guess that's that's plenty of plugs. That's if you get way too much of me if you check out even <laughs> one of those.
0: Where on Twitter? Are you on here on Twitter I'm on I guess I'm on Twitter. Yeah. But is it just this American wife?
3: Um, this Amer wife, oh, this and then Amer also wife. Right. I have a personal one, Eric One Martin, Eric okay. Number One Martin, and nice. yeah, you know what? If you find me on Twitter, just say hi. It'll give me something to do on Twitter, <laughs> and just give me a link to your. Do you
0: have one page at at Audible where we can find all your stuff?
3: Uh, just type my name just in. Just type your name there's in. A whole bunch of stuff. There's also one guy. There's also another Eric Martin who uh, did like a couple of Bibles, motherfucker. Like yeah, he I'm did sorry. like like evangelical Christian stuff, and so I might have to. Um, sue him yeah
0: yeah (laughs) you're way too willing to go along with this i appreciate it um well, thank you for doing this. This thank is you. This is so much fun, and obviously, please come back and please let me know how Kojak is, because I'm very excited to hear what <laughs> that's like.
3: Do you think, I mean, it'd be a little out of the format, but... I no, mean, wouldn't. You
0: think- if it's funny, then it's comedy. I'm sure you know it's going
3: to be... I guarantee you it's going to be funny.
0: Unintentional comedy is fine with me, you know? <laughs> that's that's freaking great.
3: Excellent. I look forward to it.
0: All right, everybody, thank you for listening. Eric, thank you for being here. As always, everybody, uh, have a good thing. Actually, would you mind saying have a good thing in the voice
3: of Robert Siegel? No. Uh this is Robert Siegel just telling you was have a good thing have a good thing everyone
2: <laughs> <It's> so good <laughs>
0: Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Visit stolendress.com to listen to our other podcasts, to read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, rate us highly, and write your reviews. You can follow us on Facebook.com slash comedyonvinyl and Twitter at comedyonvinyl.
2: Oh, no, you take Tom Jefferson, Ben Franklin. John Hancock is a hell of a guy for you right there. All these men had wives. They probably had a few broads on the side, too. These women wanted freedom just as much as their men did. But girls, I wonder, do we? I think it's time that we women thought about it a bit. Hell, I think it's time we did something about it. So come on, fellow females of the 20th century. Be glad that you're an American, proclaim your freedom, stand in attention, pledge allegiance, and bounce your boobies, get into the swing, bounce your boobies, the swing is everything, makes no difference if they're big or small. like it sometimes just look around you men stick out all over the place